Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to the Cho Show only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by thespotreport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. And, uh, and when you come now, a regular, we are back with another one-on-one special edition here on the Cho Show podcast. Uh, before I introduce my guest, someone I have bragged about, talked about a lot throughout the past season, uh, I want to start with there has been some UCO news football-related news. Uh, first is uh, former UCO linebacker Eliza Wright has transferred to Oklahoma State with his brother Solomon Wright, who was a redshirt at Arkansas uh, this past season. Uh, they have both transferred to Oklahoma State, so that leaves a hole in the linebacker room. Hopefully someone can step up there. Should be something to watch uh, going into, into spring. Uh, then on some good news, however, there were three former Broncos that have either been drafted or signed to play pro football. Uh, the first two, the, the, fir- the fir- first guy was uh, when he played here before my time covering UCO. That is former UCO linebacker Malcolm Howard and then former UCO linebacker slash defensive end Draquan Brown, if you recall, back in 2019. Uh, the year UCO did not have a sack until I think game six. Draquan Brown ended up having six and a half sacks, a forced fumble, and a touchdown in the last five games of the season. I have to say, you know, I hope that he would get a shot at one of the various pro leagues. Uh, and he did end up winning a championship with the lineman of the, of the spring league. I think it was back in 2020. 2020, 2021, something like that. Um, he was picked by the Houston Gamblers, so that I'm glad for those those two guys. They're hopefully they have very good stints in the USFL. Uh, and then finally, former UCO running back TJ Roberts. You recall also back in 2019, TJ Roberts uh, with the highly regarded JUCO transfer. Uh, out of Arizona, if you recall, former head coach Nick Bobek said it was the most explosive player that he's had since program legend Joshua Birmingham. Uh, he signed with the Edmonton Elks of the Canadian Football League, so I do want to wish TJ there uh, the best of luck. He did uh, share the the uh, uh, tweet that the show show have, have put out there uh, about him signing. So uh, it, it was a man I was really high on. Uh, I just wish he was not banged up in his lone season in a Bronco uniform, which he had almost 700 yards and 10 touchdowns, and I believe almost five yards of carry. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he does up there in, in uh, Edmonton. He becomes the third Bronco that I'm aware of. JT Looper and Josh Crockett both spent time in the CFL. So hopefully his stint is longer. Hopefully he, he does make, make an impact and uh, – We'll be seeing T.J. Roberts on a TV set near us in the summer. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guest. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma defensive line coach Rashad Sanders. Coach, thank you for taking time to talk to me today. Um, could you start by telling the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Um, Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the invite. Definitely uh, going to embrace the time to talk about the program with my guys. But uh, a little bit about me. I'm originally from uh, Flower Mound, Texas. That's where I went to high school. I went and played at West Texas A&M from 07 to 11. And then from there, actually, before I got into coaching, um, I started 
my graduate assistant at West Texas. And then uh, spent a couple of years in high school, went to one high school in the Austin area, I think in 2016, and then stayed there two years, went to another high school in Lubbock, Lubbock Estacado for about eight months. And then my wife told me uh, she was done seeing me be miserable. So I jumped back into college. Luckily got a chance at Texas A&M Kingsville, um, spent a year there and then it was on to Edmond from there. So I got here right uh, January, 2020 is when I started. So a little over two years ago. Uh, now, during your playing days, I know you were all-conference guy your senior year. So for those who might not have seen you play, how would you describe your play style? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because uh, I wasn't the biggest or the strongest or the fastest guy out there. We had, uh, back in the day, West Texas was pretty loaded with D linemen. So I, I played along some NFL talent, let's just say that. But uh, I was one of those those relentless guys. Um, and I was crafty. I knew I wasn't the biggest. Um, I was close to the strongest, so I, I used my natural leverage and and my strength and my quickness to uh, to gain advantage on offensive linemen. And then I I had a motor, so I was always going to keep coming. That's one thing I prided myself on is is my motor and my relentlessness. So that's something I try to instill in my guys now. Uh, and then what 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 led you to get into coaching? Just my first, my overall knowledge of the game. Um, I've been playing since I was five and football is it's my first love. And I honestly couldn't see myself doing a nine to five sitting, you know, in the cubicle all day. That's not me. I'm a big guy. I like to be up and around. So uh, that and then the bonds that I've, I've made over my years of playing, it, it led me to want to keep making those bonds and coaching. And now I get to help kids and, grow those kids into men. So that's what led me into coaching. So when you, I guess, what, 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 what attracted you to come to UCO? One, I, so many people don't know this. Back in the day, UCO was in the Lone Star. And so I've always, we've played UCO, you know, in my playing career. And I've seen the town and it was before the, you know, the nice end zone facility was, was built, but, I knew what they had and then moving to the MIAA is obviously the premier conference in division two. So I wanted to test my skills as a D line coach to see if I could hack it with the best of the best in this level. Um, and then Nick Bobek obviously is a great guy. Um, I've known Bobek for a while through mutual friends. And when this job came available, I literally jumped at it and he probably got tired of me calling his phone, texting his phone, but at the end of the day, it all worked out. So, I mean, UCO is a great place. It's a great place for, you know, me. I have a family, so it's a good place for my kids, my wife, somewhere safe. And it's it's not in a small college town. It's actually a city where they can go do stuff because coaching, I'm going to be gone a lot. So they can entertain themselves and I don't have to worry about them. So, I mean, those are some of the things that, you know, drew me to UCO. Now you you got here in 2020 a little bit before the pandemic happened. How how was that experience like? Not only new job, moving your family, but then you kind of have to deal with all that craziness. Well, it was crazy. Um, I uh, we we joked in here with Coach Bobek and the last staff is we were glorified academic tutors. Um, that, that's what we had to do um, just to ensure we got our guys on the field and it. It took a lot and it made me realize a lot of the stuff that, you know, because coaching is, it can be mind numbing at times, but it's a lot of stuff that we always thought we had to be at the office for. We now realize we could do it at home, online, via different avenues and still be effective. And and it made coaches adjust, really. Um, a lot of the old school coaches had to get hit with the times now because it's all digital and that's the only way you could communicate and could do all of your stuff. So it was, it, it made me, it made me a better coach because I got a lot more resources now to teach my guys than before I got here. Um, So you get here, obviously the defensive line in 2019, I think they were about 14 sacks. Um, It was not the best of units. You, you come in here, you signed a really good class in 2020. A lot of guys that played this year, how were you able to go out there and and get those quality guys um so 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 quickly, I guess? 
it was a, it was a credit to the last staff, honestly, um, because when I first got here, they had pretty much already identified the guys we needed to get. And I was just uh, icing on top of the cake when it came to D linemen, um, because I know how D linemen think. I know what's important to them. And what I truly value myself as and put above everything else is I pride myself on the relationships I have with my kids. So the fact that I could go in and build those relationships with those kids and start forming those bonds, I think that's what you saw pay dividends this last fall. Um, but that's that's always going to be a part of my recruiting process um, because I want kids that, you know, want to be around me. I want to be around and it's important to them, the relationship part of it, because recruiting now is all flashy and fancy and Twitter and this and that, but down to its core and the nuts and bolts is still relationship driven. And so if those guys don't have, you know, the relationship, if that's not their first, you know, driving factor, then at the end of the day, really, I don't want them because they won't be a good fit here. Uh, and so th- there was no season in 2020, but you had, you had, it was almost like a, like a free redshirt year, I guess. Mm-hmm. How much did that development help out this, this group this past season? A ton. It, w- it was very crucial to our development because I was able to get some of those freshmen an extra year. So they grew up, their bodies matured, and they got to learn the system an extra year versus being thrown into a system, you know, a couple weeks before you play game one. So now they got to understand, you know, the anchors, uh, excuse me, they got to understand the position. You know, I'm a D-line guy. You know, we don't talk well. <laughs> Uh, they got to understand all the minute details in the position. I could get really, you know, in depth with them. So their knowledge isn't really, they might be a redshirt freshman on the field, but their knowledge is more of a redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, because they've spent that extra year with me. And there was no pressure like game week. Mm-hmm. It was really spring ball for a whole year. And spring ball is really meant for development. So that's what I think they had so much success this last year. Uh, and then you all had the spring scrimmage game against Southern Nazarene. Uh, what did you see from that group at that time? Because that was your first, I guess, somewhat live game action uh, with that group. What I saw is a lot of young dudes who were ready to play um, that embraced competition and didn't shy away from the moment. Because um, that was their first true competition since their last game of their senior year. And so seeing that, and then them go compete against another D2 opponent, I was like, okay, we got something here. So it was really good for our guys to get that out of the way before their first actual collegiate game. Uh, and then you you went out 2021, you, you brought in uh, Michael Slater and Robert Fuentes. What, what, what did you see in those two guys that made you believe they could come in and make a huge impact immediately? Difference makers. Um, to lack of better words, they're freaks. Um, and so that's what that's what you're gonna have to be to come into into this room. And that's what I kind of prided myself on. If if you're gonna come in and be a transfer and be a difference maker, you gotta be a freak. Um, just because the the Oklahoma talent that we have on this team is really good. It's really, really good. And I'm excited to even further it this year. But those two dudes right there, they're Michael Slater is a special guy. He's a, I think both of them really are once in a lifetime guys that you get to coach. And the fact that you have two of them on the same team, it's, it's very rare. So I'll take those guys a hundred times out of a hundred times out of a hundred times. <laughs> uh, now you, you, that, that you just said that both are once in a lifetime guys. What, 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 what makes them in your opinion, a once in a lifetime guy? Well, so they're, they're two really good players, but they're two very different players. Slater is, once you get to know Slater, Slater is goofy, fun-loving, energetic. That's him off the field. But when he gets on the field, his competitive nature is second to none. Like He does not like missing practice for injuries. He doesn't like – he wants to play football. He truly loves football. And I think that's what sets both of them apart is those guys truly love the game, and, and they give their all to the game. Um, and with Rob, Rob is – Rob's his own personality, and I love him. He is the juice. He is the energy. He is the hype man. But then again, he loves the game. So when he goes out there on Saturdays and during the week, he's going to give you everything he has. Uh, And you put that on top of their already athletic ability, 
and they're wanting to learn the game and learn the new schemes, you get what you get. Uh, and, and that was something I noticed too. You know, every, every time a guy on the line made a made a play, you know, it was almost like the whole line was happy for him, and, and you could see that radiate. How how important is that to have a position group that's that close and that happy for each other's success? It has to happen. All the best teams are, are player driven, and the closest team, the best teams that I've been on, the, the D line is close, and it's almost like a brotherhood. And that's what we preach, and that's what I preach in this room is. It's D-block. That's what we call ourselves. It's D-block mentality. It's us, you know, against the world. We're going to be the standard on the team. We're going to be the standard in the conference, and we're going to hold ourselves accountable. So and it's good to see each one of those guys hold each other accountable and push each other to get better. That's when you know you truly have something special. And so the brotherhood that they formed, and, and COVID helped that too because you get to you got to get guys out of their comfort zones. You, they get to mold and know each other without the pressure of the season. Um, so it was last year was special. It was fun. It was definitely was fun to be able to have that, that camaraderie, that, that sense of fun. That's really what it was. It was fun. We were out there having fun and that's what I enjoyed seeing from my guys. Um, the, the, the season opened in Missouri Western, uh, um, the, the key, the key stop there, uh, Robert at, in my opinion, had three great pass rushers off, I believe it was the left side forced mm-hmm. that pick. Um, at that point, or at any point before that, was that was did you did you realize at that point, or at what point, how special could this group become? I knew we had something special during fall camp. Um, I didn't know how special it was until you see a game one, because you never know what you think you have something, and then you can come out and be like, "Oh, I got this wrong." <laughs> but once I saw the constant pressure we were getting on Mo West. And, and the TFLs, and I was like, these guys, they're for real. And then when you had Robert and Dion and, and Slater and Hunter and Derek Shaw and JoJo and Zane, like, making plays consistently, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this going to be a good year for us. <laughs> so, I mean, Rob, I knew Rob was going to be – for Rob to do that game one when he had just come off of, you know, playing the season at Snow Junior College and – gotten here two weeks before camp for him to look like that game one. I was like, Oh, y'all just wait till this dude gets some of the rust knocked off and gets polished up and how I want them. And then it was about game five, the Fort Hayes game, I think is what's his coming out party. That's when he really showed what he could do um, that game. And then on fourth, he was, in my opinion, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I, I watched the tape of the Fort Hayes when I was making the, 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 um, breakdown vision. And I like every, almost every snap where he was, he was eating the backfield, uh, putting his, putting, putting pressure on, putting his hands up. Um, but you, you, you mentioned a lot of other guys, Hunter Large and Zane Adams. Uh, you had a deep unit. So how tough was it, if at all, to figure out the proper lineup or rotation <laughs> rotation because there was a lot of guys that made a lot of plays and I yeah. I gotta ask how did you figure that, that, that out? that's the stuff that people don't see that right there kept me up at night because <laughs> and it's a great problem to have but you have good players and you're almost three deep so you got 12 guys you think that can go but how do you get all of those guys quality reps because they all want quality reps and they all deserve them because they work their butts off and they put in the work. Now, that's why they call me coach. How do I find time to get these guys in this situation? And so we came up with, you know, specific packages for guys. So that's how we, you might not start, but you're the starter in this package or this is your role. And then the guys, I think, really embraced it once they realized, hey, this is how I help the team. This is how I help the defense. So, I mean, it was like I said, it took me it took me a mix. I was like, man, we got a lot of guys. Like, I don't know how to do this. This is going. <laughs> um, then the uh, Missouri Western game. That I mean, not Missouri Western. The uh, Northwest Missouri game. That really impressed me because that's a very very good program, very good team. And in the first half, in particular, you all dominated them up front. Uh, the running game was stifled. You were getting pressure. What was working, especially in that in that first half? Because to most UCL fans, coming off 2019, we were dominated up front defensively the majority of the time. Not only was it refreshing, but I think it was kind of shocking just to sh- just to see in live time 
the improvements and the sheer amount of talent uh, that you have amassed. What what was working in the first half of that of that of that game? Of course, do we lose you? You there? You there? I got you. You got me? Okay. Yeah, I got you now. All right. I don't know what happened. I apologize. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um, but to to the Northwest Missouri game, that was I issued a challenge to the group, and I, I think they met that challenge because at the end of the day, to be the big dogs, you got to beat the big dogs. And and for a long time, as long as I can remember, even when I played, I knew Northwest Missouri. They're traditionally really good. They really have a good O-line. Um, and watching film up to that point, that was the best O-line we'd seen. So I challenged them. I said, if you want to be remembered, this is the game you need to do it against the best of the best. They answered the challenge. Um, and it's easy. Like I could sit up here and take credit. Like, hey, it's all coaching. It's all those kids. It's all they want to. It's how hard they work during the week. And it showed up with their play. Um, and then just looking at the at the overall work this season of your of your group, what what are you most impressed with? Their resiliency. Um, they kept coming. Even when things weren't looking up for us as a team, they never they could they could have used that and said, hey, I'm gonna cash it in, I'm gonna hang it up, but they didn't. They kept playing for JoJo, they kept playing for D Shaw, they keep play, kept playing for Sessie. Like they kept playing for the seniors and for each other. And by doing that, you know, I think overall they had a pretty solid year as the D line. So that was what was most impressive to me is even when things weren't going good for us as a team and they were getting frustrated, they kept playing. Uh, and you mentioned the three, three, um, three, three, three seniors there. Now you got to, you got to replace, uh, you do have several red shirts, uh, who uh, now? I know this is early. I know spring ball is next <laughs> next month. But is there is there any names people should be on the lookout for? Because I know personally, I was really high when I saw the tape on uh, Montel Cozart out of Bishop Kelly. Uh, I was very, <laughs> very impressed with tape. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jamar Golf from Pahuska uh, as well. The tape looked, looked really good. Um, who 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 be a couple names that? fans should be on the lookout for in the spring and moving into fall? Definitely. Well, I think there's one that they probably already know, but I don't think they really understand what's about to happen is Zane Adams. Um, he is a absolute unit. Now, I just call him the unit now. If, you, if they could see what I see in the weight room, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, him um, and who you mentioned, Montreal Cozart. Um because what people don't realize is he really didn't play his senior year because he had ACL surgery. And so now I think that knee's finally 100% healed, and he is explosive, and he is twitchy. And so I expect him to contribute. Um, and then my my two my, my two young boys, they're not young anymore. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> Hunter and Vodka, I, I expect them to have standout years as well. So it'll be some names they've heard. But and then some that they haven't, but I expect those guys who were younger, you know, the red shirt freshmen that played last year, I expect them to take big leaps this next fall. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Hunter. I, he's so quick for a guy his size, though. There's several clips. Like he just I, like I don't even say he jumps the snap, but like the timing. Yeah, that really jumps well. Ooh, <laughs> hey, we we've went rounds about that jump swim, me and him. <laughs> but it's it's something that it's a good changeup move and it works for him and it shows his athleticism because I'll tell you this about Hunter. Hunter got offered by us when he came to summer camp because he completely obliterated about four O linemen that we had offered. <laughs> and we had to go back and be like, either these O linemen aren't what we think or he's just that dude. <laughs> um, but he's, when you see him, He's not going to pass the eye test, but that dude is heavy handed. He has quick feet and he has, he's strong and has natural leverage and he's starting to learn how to use that. And when he does, he's going to be a force. 
And then you mentioned vodka. Uh, that tape on the poto. I, I was, I, I was really impressed by that tape. What, what, what um, I, I guess what, what does he have to do? I, I guess in order to cover out a, a, a role here uh, this this season, he has to keep on being vodka. Um, one thing that he he has to do that we've talked about and that he's taken serious, and I'm really really looking forward to it is his weight. Um, I want him a little leaner and he's getting there and he's it's starting to show up because he's starting to move even better. Now that's a big athletic joker. Now, now he's, he's legit <laughs> and he is heavy, heavy, heavy handed. But I think if we can get him, you know, his weight under control and get his body fat down, I don't know who can block that guy. Um, just because I, I know what he can do. And, there's a reason that kid had D1 offers coming out of high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's legit. So I'm but between him and Hunter, the nose guard position, like if you want to come in here and be a transfer, you got to be a dude. Because those dudes are gonna push you and they're gonna work. And I'm excited that I have them both for three more years. <laughs> uh and then you you went out and you signed one defensive lineman, um, Zachary Stillwell out of UConn. What do you what do you, what did you like about him enough for him to be the lone lineman that you brought in this year? One I like is that he was a state qualifier wrestler, um, and that was that with Hunter as well. Hunter Largen was a state qualifier wrestler. Um, wrestlers are just they're built different. Um, for somebody to physically go out there one on one and impose your will on somebody and get them to do something that they don't want to do, you got to be a different cat for that. So Zach, I mean, he's he's a wrestler. He can do that. He's UCO through and through because his brother was a really good player here. And he's a really good athlete. Um, he moves well. He bends well. He's heavy-handed. And I think he's going to get big enough to to be a really good player here. Um, now, Michael, I think, had 17 and a half, 18 and a half TFLs. Fuentes also had a good year. What What do you think was the key to both those guys? Um, success this past season their work ethic like i said those two dudes they love football and they love working and then how much they bought into the extra film watching the extra practices the extra you know what i'm saying going Mm -hmm. above and beyond we have a term around here one more round those guys went one more round and they didn't even know they were going one more round just because they loved the game of football so they would always be in my offices, interrupting meetings, defensive meetings, because they wanted to watch film or they saw something about this old lineman or they did this. Well, that's what the truly great ones do. And so just them having that knowledge of the game allowed them to play faster. And then obviously being really good athletes helps as well. Um, now, you, I believe, are, you're, you're, the, you're the lone holdover, I believe, from the previous staff. Which I was glad you were retained. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, yes, because the defensive line was so good. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> we don't need him to be gone. <laughs> but um, how has that adjustment period been? Uh, and it, what, were there any challenges? What What was the process kind of like um, from the time coach stepped down until uh, Coach Doral kept you on, on staff? Well, any coach will know this. When when Coach Bobek told us he was stepping down, it was instant fear. I was like, oh, boy, what are we going to do? Because uh, I got a wife and four kids. Like, I just – I had a baby during the the week of Nebraska Kearney game. And so I was like, I got a newborn. I don't know what we're going to do. What What's – who do we need to talk to? Like, what do we need to make this happen? <laughs> well, it was fear and uncertainty. And then when when – when Coach Doyle got named the head coach and he told me he was going to keep me, it was relief. And it was not the job's not finished because that's my big deal. I don't think the job is finished here at UCO. So now I'm able to finish the job that was tasked to me. And I'm able to keep working at a place that I love in a community that I love. And with the kids that this is my group. These are guys that I've had a hand in recruiting. And so this is special to me. I got it how I want it, and, and we're going to roll. But the challenge, I mean, just getting to know, you know, how a new staff works, 
you know, those inner workings, you know, the schedule, what we're looking for, bouncing, going from one scheme to a new scheme. And now we got to recruit to that scheme and find how we fit our players to that scheme. And I mean, it was, it was hard to navigate at first, but now it's, I think we got a, we got a good hold of it. And I think it's going to be really good. I'm really excited now for the new regime. See, everybody I talked to so far has, has said that they that they, they, they're excited. They believe there's a new energy around the program. I, I'm I'm looking forward. I really I'm looking forward to it. I kind of like the group we have here. Mm-hmm. Know, strong recruiting class. Obviously, you, both of your defensive line is back. Um, what 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 can UCO fans expect from your unit in 2022? Improvement. Um, what you're gonna see is you're gonna see dudes who fly around. You're going to see dudes who are relentless, and you're you're going to see playmakers. Um, that's what you're going to see. There's going to be the scheme. I think helps us. I'll say that. Um, and then I'm not done either. Let that be known. There's going to be some names that they don't know about yet that that'll show up. But it'll be the same passion that they see every week, week in and week out. You know, we're a passionate group. We wear our emotions on our sleeves, and and we're those dudes. And that's how I believe it, and that's how they believe it. And that's what they're going to see every week. And it's only going to intensify as these guys keep getting older, as the season keeps going on, because that's the pressure we put on ourselves as a unit. So they can they can count on that. Um, the D-block's going to be the ones who are, like I said, we're going to be those dudes. We're going to be keep constant pressure, relentless, all day. Oh, oh, that's that's uh, that doesn't get you fired up. I don't know what. <laughs> uh, before I get you out of here, I do this with every guest, kind of get to know you questions. Uh, um, yep. So, okay, w- w- your favorite sports team could be any any uh, sport. Favorite sports team? You're talking about of all time, or are we talking about like right now? Either one. <laughs> all right. So I don't know. New Zealand All Blacks. It's a rugby team. They they have the highest winning percentage of any team, any sport in the world. Um, I actually stayed up one night really, really late, like 5 a.m., and they have a series on uh, Amazon Prime, and I watched that whole series. And after that, I was so captivated that I started doing my own research into them. And just that culture in – what they do, it amazes me. So I love the New Zealand All Blacks. And plus, okay. you got to be a little different to play rugby now. <laughs> no. I, I like them dudes. Okay, well, I think that's the that's the first time I think somebody said rugby. Okay, well, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, let's see here. Your your favorite what? Well, I just probably begin, but your favorite hobby outside of football? I love hunting. I'm a big hunter. I, I love going out. I grew up on land. Um, so, I, like I said, originally I'm from Flower Mound, but I spent a lot of time in East Texas because my we have land out, excuse me, mm-hmm. land in East Texas. So, I love, I got the hiccups. I love hunting. <laughs> I'm a country boy at heart. So, anytime I can go out and get my bow and arrow or my rifle, that's what I want to do. Okay. Okay. Um Let's see here. Okay. Uh, your favorite musical artist? Boy, you put me on the spot. That's <laughs> what we do here. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, my dad would appreciate this one growing up. And, and you know, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. Uh, Al Green. Okay. I think Al Green, that's anytime I hear Al Green or some old soul music, it's that's it. Like, now I still listen to the new stuff. I'm still, you know, relevant, but <laughs> you throw on some Al Green, some Teddy Pendergrass, and yeah, I'm I'm all in on that. I'm an old soul. Okay, so as to so okay, so 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 in terms of, of recent artists, who would you say is your Shoot. go-to? So in college, I, I thought this. In college, I was like, Eminem, like nobody's messing with him lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um he's a genius of the English English language. He's that dude. Now I think right now I think I'm a big pop smoke dude right now. Uh-huh. I like pop smoke. Uh I mean I got all his stuff. Moneybag yo. 
I can get mm-hmm. down with some money bag, yo. Uh, in future. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those, okay. Those are three very. Yeah, I, I can do it all, man. I'm just <laughs> <at the ballpark. laughs> Let me know. Okay. Um, Let's see. Okay. Favorite TV show? Oh, I mean, I mean, Game of Thrones, uh, Vikings, when it was on, they just came out with a new one on Netflix that I started watching today. Pretty (laughs) legit. Uh, Any of the, any of the, uh, you know, hard knocks. I'm, I'm a big, you know, football junkie, but any of that type stuff, yeah, I'm in on that. Oh, and one, Real Husbands of Hollywood. Gotta watch it. Kevin Hart's my guy. <laughs> Gotta watch it. <laughs> okay. Um, Your favorite Hard knock season? Ooh, boy. <laughs> this one, it's because, okay, it was when they were at, uh, they were in L.A. and they did the Rams. And I say this, I can't remember what year it was, but I say this because there was a special when they cut uh, Ronald Ollie and they signed one of my former players, Ethan Westbrooks. And Ethan was there for, I mean, he was there for probably four or five years and before he went to San Francisco. So getting to see him on Hard Knocks was, that was the best moment for me. Um. Okay, favorite food? Hey, like genre or like we getting specific? You yeah, talking both. to my inner fat boy now. <laughs> both, either. All right, so, you know, being from Texas, love Mexican food. But marrying my wife, see, she's part Polynesian. So getting into that culture now, like all my polys will know, Loco Moco, hey, smacks. Local Moco is where it's at. If you ever have a chance to go to a Hawaiian food truck, mm-hmm. get the Local Moco. That's Max. Okay. Well, all right. I got the official Coach Hammers endorsement. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you won't be disappointed. I'm telling you. I don't be um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Do, as, a, as a coach, do you have any? Pre-game ritual or routine that you normally do before games? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'll say this. I'm not the most pleasant to be around <laughs> pre-game. Um I'm I'm very superstitious, first and foremost. So like if we win, I'm wearing the same thing down to my socks. Um eating the same, I'm gonna have the same snack. Like I'm it's the same, but I'm just most of the time I'm here early. I'll put on, you know, college game day, and then I'll put my headphones in. And I'll just sit in my office and like I said, just kind of be to myself until it starts coming when we gotta get the groups ready to go out on the field. Then I start livening up. But from that standpoint, it's like I said, I'm just I will literally wear the same thing every game day. <laughs> and then if we lose, I'll switch it up. Like I'm surprised I couldn't do it. It's kind of a staple, but normally the beard is a. Uh... So when I was at West Texas, all the coaches would first day of camp we'd grow our we shave, mm-hmm. and then we grow our beards out until we lost again, and then hopefully we can get that like we we get this you know UCO like we had it there because it'd be week twelve week thirteen before we shaved because that's when we had it rolling. So that's that's the expectation. Well, yeah, I, I, I think we're headed that way. I, I really think I think we're headed that way. I, I think um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think the future is very bright. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate you taking taking time. I, I know we had some scheduling issues and, and whatnot, so I'm glad we were yeah. able to sit down and 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 get this here. And um, you know, our spring ball is I think what March 22nd is what I was told. The spring game, yeah, March twenty fourth. March twenty fourth, okay. So um, yeah, April twenty fourth. No, you're talking about the first day. Yep. Yeah, you're first right. day. Yeah, I'm about to yeah, say, okay. Spring break. Yeah, I can't, man. We're yeah. <laughs> so many dates, right? We're I got a calendar right here, but it's we're. I mean, we're full steam ahead. I can't. I can't wait to be back on the field um, and just see how our kids act. You know, with with the new coaches, with the new scheme, and. I think what we're going to do is going to be good for them. Um, and I can't wait to see it all come together. 
just because it's now it's so simple that they have no choice but to play fast. And if these kids play fast, then it's it's going to be special. And we got a big bulk of them coming back that have played and got experience, and now they're a little bit more confident. They know what the league is because, I mean, essentially there was only a handful of guys on last year's team who had played in the MIAA before. Well, now we got these guys. All right, Coach, yeah, we've been through a season. We know what it is. We know who the big dogs are, and we know what we need to do. And so now they're hungry because now they know all these guys are like, Coach, we, really, we shouldn't have lost that many games. Like, you're right. And so now it's a revenge tour It's what I called them. The revenge tour started. So we're out for blood this year. So I'm excited to get back on the field. I can't wait. Well, that that that's a very scary uh, thought then for opposing offensive lines because I, I did not know about Robert only coming a couple of uh, you seem to say what couple of days or weeks before fall. I did not know mm-hmm. that because uh, way he played, you would have thought he was there. He's been with me a long time. No, he came. He was a late summer ad. He came, like I said, a couple of weeks before fall camp. Probably maybe a, I think like a week before fall camp, and so he had to learn a new scheme. You know, get in shape do all this, well, now he's in the weight room and he's grinding in the weight room. He's already put on about 10 pounds and he's he's kept his speed, kept his energy, and now that kid's going to be – he's going to be – he's different. He's different. Okay. Man, that, that's a very scary thought. I hope I just don't mess him up too much. You know, just let these guys go play and don't let Coach Sanders mess you up too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yo, because I, I remember when I was talking to um, Jace, he mentioned that the toughest line he faced was in practice every day. So I, I you know, I feel hard pressed to argue with him. You know, some mm-hmm. bias, but still, that that like I said, your your unit is very impressive, and I, I, you know, I think I'm not the only UCO fan here that that appreciates the improved defensive line play. Because again, uh, you know, it, it was down for a period, but you know, I, when I saw that 2020 class, I was like, oh, we we have some people coming in here now. Mm-hmm that I think can really change this. And, and, and I'm glad that that has come to fruition. Yeah. Um, course, like I said before, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope you have um, good productive spring. Um, I hope it leads to a good fall and, and, you know, you're more than welcome to come back on again at, at, at uh, any, any, any time you want. And um, anytime you want me, I'm more than happy to come on and speak. Um, I appreciate you, you know, rescheduling and, and getting me on to talk a little bit about the guys. Um, like I said, I'm I'm blessed. They're a great group of guys, and I'm blessed I get to coach these guys every day. And we got people like you that come support and follow us. And to all the followers who are going to, you know, listen to this, come out. The spring game's going to be big. Um, we're going to do it right. Come see what, you know, the 2022 Broncos are going to look like. And then come support. Because, like I said, AD is – he's that guy. Um, I've lost many games to him when he was at Northwest because they were our arch rivals or arch nemesis at West Texas. They kicked us out the playoffs. So I know what to expect. And just the changes that I've already seen here, I, everything's trending in the right direction. I just, we just got to keep getting better and keep putting, you know, one foot in front of the other every day and keep going to work. But I'm very excited for what the future holds for the Broncos. Uh, you, you you mentioned, do, do you know when that spring game is? It is. I got it. I know it's the 24th, but I think it's April. Let me, let me, let me check my quick. <laughs> it is April 23rd. I'm sorry. It's April 23rd. Okay. 6 p.m. at the stadium. Okay, well, I have to make a make a make a note of that then. Make sure I get down there because I, yeah. I I'm definitely I'm definitely excited to see this year because as uh, I don't think I, I don't think. Did, did, was there one last year? Because if, if there if there was, I de- I definitely missed it. I, I know I couldn't make the Southern Nazarene scrimmage, and then the OBU one was canceled. Mm-hmm. It was unfortunate because I, I was already one, go. It, it was more like an inter squad scrimmage. It wasn't a true like spring game production. Okay. Um, but we're gonna try. Like I said, we're gonna try to make it a big deal. Bring you know alumni back, you know, and get get more student involvement and community involvement and try to make this place rocking because when this place does get rocking it it can be special and if we can have that every game of the year then i think that'll be you know another boost on top of what we have on the field 
Exactly. You know, I've always said that, you know, it, it, we, we can just create that home field advantage that a lot of other of our conference foes has mm-hmm. go a long, long way. Because, like I said, you know, I've seen games with has been packed before. Um, obviously, the season opener is usually a pretty good turnout. And then I know mm-hmm. 2018, when we upset Northwest Missouri, there was a really good crowd. I remember how special that that was. So, you know, I, I just hope, like I said, I hope people could come out, at least give it a chance. Um, they yeah, have yeah. nothing really, really to lose here. So, um, but no, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm at the April 23rd, 6, 6 p.m. Okay, I'll, I'll make yes, sure to spread sir. that. When the time comes, we'll make a note, we'll make, make a note of that. But uh, but, again, co- <laughs> but again, Coach, uh, I do appreciate it. Like I said, you come back on more than more than welcome to. Um, and I say, you know, I, I hope I hope spring goes well. I hope you have a good, a good spring. It leads to a good offseason, good fall camp, and, you know, and then we start – Rocking and rolling in the in the, in the fall here that we yes, pick up where we left off on the defense front and then improve upon that because I, I mentioned no before in the in the breakdown it seemed like every single week I, I had to uh, you know discuss you and your group because it, it it was just it was just so impressive a week in week out and and, and um, like I said they had not been seen around these parts here for at least a couple of years so um, okay. I, I, I do. You know, appreciate the the quality line play and, and the effort that your guys gave. Um, you know, every every game. I know that can get tough, like you mentioned, when when things get bad. But you know, them still going out there and 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 playing at a high level. You know, it just it, it says. I always said, always said that it says a lot about the character of the program and the and the guy leading them. So you know, I I, I do. I'm going to give you a shout out credit for that because that's I what appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, but it ain't it ain't me. It's them. It's, it's them all day. Um, like I said, I, I'm I'm the lucky one that they get to call coach, but it's those guys. So, but I appreciate it. I'll take it. You know, boost my ego a little bit. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you are the one putting them in the right spots, though. Now, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. You ask them to put it on them, like, ah, oh, he holding us back. Okay, <laughs> calm down, boys. <laughs> but no. Uh, <laughs> Like I said, um, you see, if you see us ever interact, it's it's all love, and it's we joke like we're a bunch of big kids. Cause my wife says she's like, I don't have five kids, I have four kids. I got five kids because you're the biggest kid of them all. So yeah, we we have fun. We definitely joke and crack on each other. But when it's time to work, we we know what what to do. So it's fun. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah. like I said, Coach, I, I appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate I, it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime, you just let me know. We'll we'll do another one. I appreciate it. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, make this work. I'll, I'll probably reach out to you uh, after spring. Yeah, probably after after spring. I'll like get that spring game. I can kind of see, and then uh, we kind of figure something else out. So, uh, but ho- hopefully, this is not the last time that we see Coach Sanders here on Show Show because uh, it is. Very, very insightful, and, and it, it, it has been a blast. And so, uh, I, again, I thank you for taking time. I know the life of a coach and a father is very, very busy. So, uh, I appreciate you taking the, taking the time. Oh, anytime, anytime. Like I said, I appreciate it. I'm just finna go get this swole on now and then go to the house. <laughs> oh, we have a good workout, coach. Uh, I appreciate it, man. So, again, I want to thank Coach Sanders for taking time here uh, to talk to me. Like I said before, we had tried for this last week and then the snow happened and then it knocked off UCO's email and stuff. Uh, so we were able to get it in. And like I said before, I do appreciate that because uh, of course, Sanders is somebody that I wanted to talk talk to for quite some time. I've been impressed with his work, uh, especially last season because, you know, as mentioned in the opener here, the defensive line play in 2019 was not the best. So I, I, I commend him for the job that he and his, his, his unit did. And, and he also shared uh, even more news to be excited about along the defensive front. Uh, but before we get out of here, I do want to say be on the lookout. The spring ball starts March 22nd. So the plan is may or may not have one more one-on-one special between now and then. I'm going to try to get one more in. There's somebody I really want to get in before the start of spring ball. We will see if that happens. Uh, but if not, regardless, be on the lookout for a spring football preview where I break down uh, the biggest storylines heading into the spring 
Uh, and then also, uh, as as Coach mentioned too, the spring game, April 23rd at uh, 6, 6 p.m. at Richardson Stadium. Uh, but again, be on the lookout for that uh, Churchill Spring preview as well as a update video for the Churchill Podcast Network YouTube channel. Uh, because after spring, it's going to be a little bit of a low. Uh, so uh, we're going to experiment with some things. I have some ideas, uh, especially for uh, in the fall. I have some ideas here um, in, in terms of videos uh, and that kind of stuff. I'm gonna need some opinions on it. So if you are a subscriber, and I appreciate all the subscribers so far on both Spotify and YouTube, uh, you will. I'll I'll put that out the same time I put out the spring preview just to give more eyes on it. So if you are interested in that, please do when that when that, when that that time comes, uh, watch the video and leave feedback because that will go a long way in helping me here decide covers because we're definitely going to up the covers this season uh, now that I have the proper resources and uh, equipment to uh, do so. So uh, be, on the, be on the lookout for both of those in the coming weeks, probably put out the spring preview on the 15th. So just we're gonna shoot for the 15th uh, on spring football preview there. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We also do plan to bring back on, it's back Dante McGee at some point during the spring. We're already in talks about that, uh, which is which is which is good as uh, so we can get kind of kind of get a, a, a live uh, update on how things are going from someone actually going going to it. Uh, but until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.